first things first, how are you? Good, thank you. Yeah, very good. good to hear. So before we jump into the album, I'd like to uh, go back a couple of years. Now, when did you as a group, or maybe you did individually, but kind of realize that you could affect people with music? Ooh. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that does, doesn't it? <laughs> um, I don't know if this is going to answer your question, but I do remember the, the most move, like I, an, a, an experience I won't get back now was when we played Blush at Reading Festival in 2014. And I grew up going to that festival and it was like a, it was a dream of mine to always play there. And, if, and quite the crowd knew the words and it was quite like a big crowd for us at that stage. And I remember like just being quite hit by like the power of hearing a song being sung back at us, you know, it probably had happened beforehand a bit, but I visit, I can remember really hearing it then and seeing the crowd and thinking like, ah, we're at Reading and people know the words to blush. So maybe, maybe that answers your question, I think. <laughs> for, for you, maybe uh, Ellie, as a, as a songwriter more, did you kind of realize that early on that what you wrote in your bedroom might, uh, might be something that people can connect with? Uh, yeah, I think being a fan of me, of other people's music and, you know, always devouring books and films and stuff, I know the impact that other people's work can have on you firsthand. So I'm aware of it. I don't think I, I don't think any of us like dwell on it too mm. much, just because like, you probably just, I don't know, it's not sure that's wise <laughs> <laughs> well the, the reason i i ask is because obviously your previous two albums have uh, been well received so uh did that influence in a way kind of the, the importance you put on on the songwriting process yeah i think it does in a way like i don't, I, I think I like to think that, you know, you don't change the way you write songs because you have a bigger audience or anything. But I think, like you say, like, if you do have one of those moments, like Joel was saying, about when you watch people sing back your own words and stuff, I, I guess it kind of then maybe uh, kind of, you just are more aware that, like, Mm. they might have an impact so you might not you don't maybe I mean like you should never think of lyrics as throwaway but I think of them they, they held a bigger importance to me because I was like oh people are listening to what we're saying rather than just like, I mean there's a lot of people who listen to music without listening to the lyrics you know? I mean that's just I guess you were talking about the song as a whole but in a lyrical sense no, but it's, it's like you say, when, I think when you don't have an album out yet, uh, when you're just starting out, you, you don't really know that you have an audience and now you do. So, so and, and th this is uh, true for the music side as well. And mm -hmm. in particular, this new album sounds very diverse, very um, like you, you tried everything in a way, or, or were allowed to try everything. So, so what was that like that, that going into this process with a, 
how did you find that sense of freedom within that process? I think maybe it's kind of a boring answer, but the more you do this, the you do even if it's subtly, you become a bit more confident. And it's like you're willing, even amongst ourselves, like it can be quite nerve-wracking still just showing demos for me to the to the band, let alone thinking like, well, am I confident enough to take it to a studio to go even further? And I always think it's a bit like you know, like when you really when you first start making songs, it's you tend to like dap like put reverb on everything because it's quite nerve-wracking to hear how you sound. And eventually you start trying different things and then eventually end up with a song like Safe From Heartbreak, where it's like, it's all just dry and up front and you're kind of evolving in that way. So I guess you just become f a bit more free with your sense of confidence, you know? Mm. And, and we got, a, we found our groove with Marcus where like, if we wanted to start doing, trying things out, like we want, you know, we wanted to try them and he'd facilitate that. And ICP was, is like a playground of gadgets and synths and get, guitars like one-off guitars and drums and things so yeah it's like a toy shop as well for that side of things was that initial process then to to kind of figure out those those um foundations for these songs did that take a long process or was that a long process or did you kind of quickly found the direction you were heading in? no i think it was quite a long process like mm -hmm. we I mean, much like we had in the previous albums, we had different versions of all the songs. We'd been playing them together in our rehearsal room for months before we went to the studio. And we did a little bit of pre-production with Marcus. And so, yeah. Um, and yet, despite all that, we're still kind of open to change even throughout the recording process a bit, at least. Um, but yeah, it's nice to feel a bit prepared. Mm. And Joel, as you mentioned, what I hear from artists um, every once in a while is that when they haven't written an album for a while, they haven't gone through that writing process, that they, mm. they, there is this notion or this fear that maybe you forget how to do it or maybe you, you, it won't yeah. be good as, as, as you remember it. Um, so, so for you guys, how did you get over that uh, moment of the kind of the difficulty showing? Uh, how did you gain confidence, so to say, in the ideas that you had? I guess we started this process off after a short break with like a folder full of ideas. And we went to this Airbnb, which we've called Mary's Gaff, which was actually just, there was an Airbnb in Somerset. And I think we just kind of had like quite a sentimental couple of days, like bonding again as like, human beings after kind of sharing two years on in like a tour bus and having that as your like main relationship to each other, which is fine. We've, we've, we've always been friends, but then it was just like old Wolf Alice again for a few days. And I think when you get back to that, you're just like, you know, no one's talking to you about the Mercury music prize or about like 6am flights, just like you and your mates are making music again. And, and you just don't, I, we just don't think about the other stuff. And definitely not sitting there like, oh no. It was a, it was like just going back a step and reminding yourselves why you do it. And I think that gave us some nice confidence boost. Like we still love doing this together as a group. Yeah, this is going to be a bit vague or maybe a stupid question, but then did you find an answer to that question of why do we do this? Mm. 
Yeah, I mean, I probably have lots of answers to that question, you know. Ultimately, I love it and I feel so lucky to be doing it. And I cannot tell you what I'd be doing if it wasn't for this. So uh, I'm quite happy to keep going. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Ellie, for you in particular, uh, in terms of the development of your uh, songwriting, uh, both lyrically and, and the use of your voice, how have you seen that transition from, from where you guys started to, to this new album now? Um, yeah, I mean, I see a confidence in all four of us of like trusting that, um, you know, we have built at least like a foundation level of, uh, confidence in our skills and, and then, you know, like that gives makes gives room for you to then experiment a bit more once you've found that confidence and yeah and I think like I could see that in this album process and it's not always that you then you know that also gives you the confidence to like step back sometimes you know like I think when you're starting off maybe it's like I need to show people that I can do this and that mm. you know it's often braver to be like I don't I don't need to do do this I don't need to do anything in this song like there are songs where I didn't play the guitar at all I mean most of the songs I didn't play I hardly play guitar there's songs where you didn't play the drums at all you know and it's like that takes also it's kind of bravery to be like mm. I don't need this and that yeah and I, I read this somewhere where uh, I think it said about these songs that are on the record that they all if you strip them down they, they they're very simple in a way or not not as maybe simple isn't the right word but that they they can be stripped down to the bare bones and still hold mm. up so so is is that kind of uh I don't I don't know <laughs> is, is that kind of the, the core of songwriting kind of to to make uh to have both something simple but you can make it as as uh difficult for yourself as you like <laughs> I think it depends what genre of music you play and what, mm. and what you listen to and what you write but like I do remember thinking and in, in a lot of our uh, when we were doing acoustic sessions like stripped down sessions radio sessions for the last two albums the first two albums a lot of them were really hard to translate into that that kind of mm. style and I remember thinking like why that's weird and and it was a kind of conscious thing writing the third one at least for some of the songs where it was like can these songs be stripped back to the bare bones and still be enjoyable and still sound really nice like I would like to have songs that can do that I don't know if we achieve that and if it if it matters either way do you know what I mean but it was a thought that was mm. running through my head Mm. Yes. Yeah, oh, god! It's the campfire test. You yeah. Know, the thing about like whether you, you know, mo like there's a thing about like classic songs as work. It works on an acoustic guitar, even if it's, you know, if it's covered in like samples and, and synth. Yeah. It's quite nice that something can always be broken down to just the idea of you singing around a campfire, playing "Safe from Heartbreak." So. <laughs> and and then the process of uh, with Marcus of kind of coloring. And all of that, uh, all of those songs in. We don't obviously have time to go through all so uh, songs. So, were there songs that, now that you look back on it, surprised you that that you either came up with it or went through with it? 
I know there's ones that surprise me, but there's ones that I'm proud we kind of stuck to our guns with certain sections, like mid the mid late of feeling myself. Like, you know, I love Marcus, but I just I, he was always saying to me, like, I just don't understand why you want to do this bit. You know, is it necessary? But it was just like, to me, it's just a no brainer, that piece of music. I'm, you know, it's just, it, it moves me and I've heard it a million times, you know. So little things like that were more like I'm. I'm not surprised us, but I'm. I'm happy we've got to the stage now where we can also guide ourselves to our own decisions as well in the studio, and you know, make, make there's still a, a big stamp of us in in the songs as well as Marcus, you know. Hmm. And and for you, Ellie, was there something that you that just sticks out now that that uh, that you're really glad that you that you tried? Yeah, I was saying earlier how. A lot of the time, the phrases that get thrown around the studio and, you know, when you're writing as well, it's like, oh, less is more and um, simple and effective. And I was conscious of that. And I think when we got to a point of, I don't think that is right for all songs. And, mm. you know, there were certain songs where I was like, trying to refrain from wanting to put one million things on it. And when I kind of thought, oh, you know what? I don't, I don't care about simple and effective. I don't care about less is more. Like, let me just try some stuff. I had so much fun, you know, yeah. like thinking specifically like about Delicious Things, which has like hundreds of vocal tracks on it, loads of strings, brass, uh, you know, multiple guitars and, and and it was so fun and and you can then hear in your performance that you're having fun and yeah it's, like, it's not there's not one trick for all for every song you know and if you want to do something it often means that you should do it that's not a rule of life but sometimes uh -oh. in the studio <laughs> you like now <laughs> no, no, but I find it interesting that you say that because one thing that uh, that struck me in, in listening to this album from start to finish is, is that the way you use your voice and the vocals, they're not the same on every song. It's, you, you, there's more uh, whispering and then obviously you've done this before, but what was your approach in your uh, vocal takes, so to say? Yeah, I think I was conscious of you know, using my, I mean, just as I was in Visions of a Life, to be fair, like, right. well, if I can, I, I can do this and I can do this and I want to, yeah, I'm having more fun with using my voice as an instrument. I, I do recognize myself saying that in the last album too, to be fair, but yeah, just having fun with it, you know? Um, yeah. <laughs> fair enough. Um, Let's let's go into a couple of songs a little bit deeper. Then, Joel, is there one uh, song for which, when when Ellie uh, showed you guys the lyrics, that that impressed you? Lyrics, my favorite. Some of my favorite lyrics I've ever seen or heard, rather, from Ellie is for "No Hard Feelings." I love that. I love it. And uh, I've seen the reaction. Oh my god! I just feel I just really moved. <laughs> <laughs> That's that <I> never. <laughs> Oh, no. Sorry, I don't know what just happened there. Um, I was, and also, 
<laughs> and uh, I've seen reactions um, from people close to me to the song, How Can I Make It Okay? And I, I know that those lyrics, whether it's exactly what Ellie was referring to or not, have already, you know, inspired real movement in people. So those ones as well. Mm. And, and in me, clearly. So. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I suppose that that is kind of the... the the magic in music, right? That that people can mm. find whatever they find in a song, in a lyric, in a sound. Um, how is that for you, as uh, as as kind of the makers of it? Can you can you look objectively in a way at, at what you do yourself? Yeah, I th- I find that really important when I'm writing stuff. I, I like, you know, like one of the biggest pleasures of a, a making an album is when you finally know that other people have heard it and you can listen to it again as if you were listening through their ears. Mm. And it, I don't know how, because, you know, we listen to these songs, I mean, maybe actually thousands of times <laughs> before <laughs> anyone heard it. But then as soon as someone else had heard it, I could hear it again for the first time. And I, and mm. I love that, you know. I was listening to this podcast the other day and this writer was saying how he feels when people say to him, like, oh, I loved your book, blah, blah, blah. Um, is it about this? And like, it reminds me of my experience when this happened to me. And he said, it feels like he's failed when they have interpreted it wrong. And no matter how much they love it, even if a review comes out and it's describing what it's about, even if they give it a 10 star review or whatever, he feels like a failure if it's the wrong interpretation. And I was like, no, I think that's like, I mean, if it's a wrong interpretation, it's something way terrible, then you'd probably feel a bit bad. But, you know, someone didn't take something sentimental from it and it was not what you saw in it. That's kind of, that's really cool in some way. I think that's how it's so unbelievable. Such an unbelievable, like, medium of art is like, we were saying this earlier, you can hear something so specific and it will still mean something completely different for like the rest of its life, you know? Mm. It's amazing. It will just always have a new a new thing existing because of it. Mm. It's very powerful. Yeah, and the way, the way certain songs and then bits of songs are, are connected to memory and places and smells yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah, exactly, yeah. From your perspective then, Ellie, you mentioned... Uh, you like people having multiple interpretation of songs, but they do start somewhere. But what was your approach? Because I read somewhere that it was part uh, autobiographical, but also part of kind of uh, uh, storytelling. What, the whole album? Well, the, uh, your songwriting, the lyrics. I don't have one way of writing, I th- you know, but I feel like, yeah, for me, the, my, the songs that I feel like maybe are the better ones in my opinion they're like ones where perhaps I can build upon something that I've learned from my own experience or my own experiences and then kind of mold into something that then is you know made tangible for other people too mm. Um, so yeah, so you know that, that's where it becomes kind of a funny thing to when people, you know, it, it's personal, but it's also not personal, you know. It's a blurred line, kind of. 
Let's jump into one uh, song in particular because it, 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 I think combined with Smile, that, that might be my favorite, but I, I really like How Can I Make It Okay. So what was the start of that track? Yeah, that's like, seems like such an old one. I can't quite rem remember the very beginnings of it. I remember like, I had like in my notes on my phone, there was just how can I make it okay? It was like something that I'd written down, which seems like such a bait line. Do you know what I mean? It's like so like simple. Best ones always are though. Like... <laughs> but I'd written it down for a reason. Like I would never like think now like oh that would be a great lyric or anything. But I'd written it down for a reason, you know. So it must. Have... And then it was so yeah. It's all one oh, except okay. Like it's all like one syllable. So it was like already was like very rhythmic. So. It's like, oh, this will be a great kind of hook. And I'd be, I think I'd been listening to a lot of um, Christine and the Queens. And mm. I love the emphasis she puts on like backing vocals in her album, Chris, and probably in her other stuff as well. Um, so yeah, that was like kind of the kind of direction, like this like, emphasis on like with rhythm and backing vocals. And that kind of made it, like begin to be a kind of pop song and yeah and then like um then you like Joel kind of emphasized all that stuff with all the like percussion-y bits mm. that he put in like became a real kind of like a bop <laughs> and then the, there are more songs like that I, I felt it was very atmospheric and like I said very diverse so, some songs are are more upbeat more some are more uh, dreamy ethereal um how, how did you kind of uh, shape the album in a sense in, in terms of song selection and kind of getting a certain dynamic? Maybe it wasn't that conscious. But... No, it was really yeah, it was. yeah. But all in kind of post, you know, like we always mm. like, I think we are all very appreciative of the album, of an album in that format. You know, you listen to it from start to it to end but we're also like more I think more importantly is the song is the songs will live on longer than the you know an album like because you just might hear it on the radio or on mm -hmm. you know like someone just show you one song so I would I think we kind of like to work in with the kind of um in the kind of way where it's like don't jeopardize a brilliant song so it fits the album mm. do you know what i mean or doesn't fit the album or throw it yeah. away because it doesn't fit the album you know you're like put on your best songs to and you know like make sure there's a range and dynamic and then weave them together and i think for the first time we put in like we're always conscious of that but, you know transitions and um, running order intros, outros, stuff like that. But the first time we were afforded quite a lot of time to really think about it and it was really enjoyable. Well, it was stressful because yeah. we wanted to get it right, but it was enjoyable because it's like super important to us. And, you know, it lent itself to us in more ways than one. You know, suddenly we could think of all these visuals that could mm. could work, um, you know, making this album far, a visual album in many ways and, um that narrative, like narratives came out that I don't think we had really seen were well, even there before. And like, mm -hmm. you know, um, running motifs and 
just like little gems of things that you could find like yeah so I do think we put in a lot of effort with that but mm. kind of afterwards right well finally then and uh Joel you already mentioned that for live shows uh obviously there's an absence of, of uh, live music at the moment um how do you look forward from the, how how when you make an album, obviously the idea is to, to perform it for people. So now that that is still uncertain or at least uh, a bit away, what is that like, that anticipation for uh, not only the release of the album itself, but uh, performing them for people? Yeah, I mean, we've said it a few times, but like, you know, <clears throat> the live aspect of Wolf Alice is... It's massive. It's like right. we did much more of that in the beginning of than any recording, you know, and st obviously it far outweighs how, how long we've been in the studio, I think. And we love doing it and it's there's no, there's no experience like it. And we're so proud of these songs that we just want to have a version, at least at least once would be nice to play these <laughs> songs live. Um, we do have some shows in the horizon and we've got some stuff in January of next year in the UK. And we're starting in Glasgow, which is a great place to start anything. And I think it would put us in good stead for the excitement of hope, hopefully going on some proper tours and coming up to where you are and stuff like that. And you know, we've always the records have always been written with what's best for the record, but then we we do have a good time playing these songs live at the moment. So fingers crossed. Right. And for someone uh, who isn't a musician who who hasn't been on stage to perform for for a lot of people. Um, what is that? Can you describe that feeling? Well, what makes that, that kind of? Because I, I often hear music can be quite a difficult business. It's, it's volatile. You have to do, be willing to work very hard, but then you have that moment on stage as kind of the, the reward almost. So, so uh, can you describe that feeling of, of performing live and, and what it means to you? <laughs> I think it's just so nice to have something that is like only, I mean, obviously people record your shows and whatever, but something that really only exists like there and then, like you never can't really anticipate what it's going to be like. And we can a little bit, but yeah, I feel like it's really hard to navigate being in a band without a, a band like us anyway, without any shows. It's like everything's so like pre thought out and mm. overthunk after, overthunk after. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I concur. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And like, yeah. and the show is just like, it's not like that. You just, well, for yeah. us, it's not like that. We just, we're just kind of riding the wave of the music. <laughs> God, that's terrible, isn't it? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and yeah, and I really miss that kind of. What is, I don't really know how to describe what I'm saying with that kind of instant. Yeah, like, like that presence mm. um, and that intimacy with the crowd. And yeah, it's just like, I don't really know how else to replicate that, really. I just don't really think you really can. But you can try, and it's cool that people are still trying. Well, as a final remark, then, because what I really enjoyed about listening to the album uh, was it. It was very unexpected. When I was halfway through, I didn't know what would what type of song or what kind of song would come next. So that was really exciting to kind of see. Okay, what kind of song will have they come up with next? So that's mm. kind of the unpredictable nature. That at least when you listen to an album for the first time, at least then 
uh, you have to have a little bit. That's cool, yeah. That's great. That's great to hear. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for taking the time uh, to talk with me. And yeah, I wish you all the best with the album. Hope you get to play uh, very, very soon and, and for decent amounts of people. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Nice to see you.